Starts the drive, step back in the air. Oh, oh he step back and oh kiss myself. Big time plays, big, wow. big time plays. Do it. Yo, it's the Podcast and Chill Show. I'm Duff No Beer, um, alongside my brother, Vanessa Velli. I'm here again. Um, I'm extremely sweaty as well this time. I came back extremely sweaty. We here. Uh, it's a chill cast and pod show, man. I used to be the king of sweat back in the day. King of sweat, but I just took over. I had a couple shots before we got on this mic. I'm not going to say nothing really crazy, but it's, this is episode 157 of the yes, podcast and chill show. I'm your host, Duff No Bear. I'm going to repeat it again. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Duff No Bear, as well as Snapchat at Duff No Bear. You can find Vanessa Velli on Instagram at Sanitation Works. That's our <laughs> business. So you can follow our cleaning business off there as well. This is the shameless plug. Shameless. Shameless plug. You'll follow more on Twitter if you want to. What is it? Finesse Valley? Finesse Valley. I got He's my old account back. He's back, man. Yep. They couldn't uh, ban me for too long. They couldn't ban him for too long. Episode 157, man. This is the episode of Grace, Love, Happiness, Peace. We, we turn in a new leaf, man. We turn in a new leaf for this podcast, man. This is a different type of podcast now. We got books set up everywhere right here. We don't read. I read a little bit. I read as well. I read a little bit. So I've been reading. that. You're right. I'm sorry. I've been reading uh, currently. I've been reading Think Again by Adam Grant. It's a very interesting book. It teaches you how to reread and retrain uh, your thoughts. I like the book so much, man. What do you think are some of the mom? I'm sweating. What do you think are some of the most read books out there without Googling anything? Oh, without Googling? Yeah. 48 Laws of Power. Okay. The Art of War. Okay. Um, I think 48 Laws of Power is the most requested book in the prison system ever. Okay. In the art of war, just every hood nigga reads it. That's what I know for a fact, and that's a fact. I'm gonna go with Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, everybody reads that. Yeah, everybody. I have personally never read the subtle Rich Dad. art. The, yeah, what is it? The subtle art of not, not giving, giving a, a fuck. fuck. Yeah, yep. that that one is a, a new one. Yeah, that's a new one that um I see everybody reading it because it's like with books, right? There's so many books. Yeah, there's so many books, but it's like books sometimes come into a fad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I never thought about it like that. Like clothes, yeah. I never thought about it like that. Like this is the most popular book. Once Oprah stamped it, that book is yeah. cemented. Yeah. What was that one book about the uh, the kid and he was walking around? You trying village. to make me look? You trying to make me look really bad? Right no, now, I'm not. I have so no serious. idea what this book Hold is. On, we thinking? Let's think. We brainstorming. This is the podcast. Okay, go ahead, man. Episode one fifty seven. Yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. It's the book with the kid walking around. I have no idea what this book is. And though. Oprah Winfrey says one of the best books ever. She has a sheep. Not the alchemist. the alchemist. The Alchemist. The Alchemist. Yeah. Oprah Damn. I, it I just pulled that out of a hat. Yeah. yeah the Alchemist. <laughs> the Alchemist. I read the Alchemist a long, a while ago. That's a very old book. It is old. The Alchemist. I don't know That's how book, I remember though. that. It was a good book though. You remember what it was about? No. It was about like trying hard or something like that to achieve your goal. I just remember that the book had purple letters. Yeah, I think his dad hated him. Anyway. You remember The Killer Mockingbird? Never read it. Never? Never. It wasn't required in school. It might was. Nope, not me. What schools you went to? You went to public or you went to private? I went to Catholic school. From oh, life. yeah. They got the N-word in that book, so you definitely not. Yeah, no. no Tom, hard too. No, no Tom Sawyer. No, Y'all know who X was. Shout out to everybody that know who X was from The Killer Mockingbird. You I got one. Up. You, ever, uh, you ever read the book Beloved? No, I didn't read in high school. Beloved was crazy. It was about... Uh, a, a family right it was a sort of slave mm-hmm. but not really slave it was like right after slavery damn so slavery so 401 years 
So, yeah, see. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first year of the 400. So, and it was like the girl died. It was, it was, um, oh, excuse me, that was Kendrick. Beloved. Kendrick is when she go back in time. Yes. Yeah. Kendrick was good. Exactly. That but, was a good book. She woke up in the dirt and shit. She woke up like, yo, gotta get a dust on my, where am I at right now? Yeah. Oh God, people getting whooped. I'm in slavery now. Yeah, but, I'm but, a little girl. But Beloved. Yeah. Was equally as good because beloved was it was two girls mm-hmm. and a mom. Yeah. The little girl died, but the little girl came back to life Disgusting. out of a river. But wow. she was she was like essentially like a demon and drove the mom crazy. It was like right after slavery, but beloved took place like in the future and then came back to slavery. Interesting. I mean, kindred. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, getting I'm the two. Kidding. I'm getting the two bus confused. That's racist. Yeah. So is the wow. main protagonist black or white for beloved? Both of Kendrick these was black. Both of these were main. The protagonists were main female black actresses. Mm. Main female black. But one of my favorite black uh, authors is uh, Toni Morrison. Mm. Wrote a lot of good books. A lot of good ethnic books. If y'all never heard of Toni Morrison, y'all check her out. I believe she wrote Beloved. Fact check that. Fact check that. Tony Morrison. Definitely black history. People don't talk about Tony Morrison enough. Wrote a lot of books that, you know, we all read. That we all read. She died 2019. Read any books. Damn. R.I.P. R.I.P. Tony Morrison. Yeah, she wrote Beloved. Interesting. She wrote Beloved. Mm-hmm. And Song of Solomon. And, and Sula. Old ass books. What years they came out? Beloved came out in eighty seven. Mm-hmm. Song of Solomon came out in uh seventy seven. And Sula came out in seventy three. The seventies. Yeah. Some struggle books. Struggle books. Struggle wonder, books. Yeah. These books you had to have a, you was a on soundtrack to. These. You was on Coke reading these books. Wow. Wow. It's the seventies. Yeah. So imagine 70s and the eighties. Imagine a room with Tony Morrison, Maya Angelo, and Rosa Parks. It sound like an auntie battle. They got a lot of powerful voice. Well, I know Maya Angelou got a powerful voice. And still I rise. Yeah, still I rise. Still I, she's still rising. She was the New York Times. Um, to this day. 10 best books of the year. She got a presidential medal what, of freedom. The Cage Bird Singing one? That Coretta one? Scott King Awards of Arthur. It doesn't tell me when. Okay. It doesn't tell you. Who, Toni Morrison? Yeah, Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison. And she's a poet, too. Poet. Toni Morrison got bars. Yeah. What's your favorite haiku? Say it right now. I don't know what my favorite haiku is, but I know my favorite, and this is this is something cool. Watch this. I know my favorite one uh, one one uh, sentence paragraph. What? For sale, baby shoes never worn. Mm. What does that mean? It's some deep shit. So like, there was an exercise back in the day you had to do. You there was a guy who created a one sentence paragraph. Okay. And it won a fucking award mm. because it was just like he packed like and again this is like some high level English tech major shit but like he packed so much information into something that was so ambiguous like you had like PhD people trying to break down what the hell that sentence meant yeah. because how the hell do you make a sentence into a paragraph a paragraph into a sentence yeah but yeah it's for sale baby shoes never worn mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different uh, interpretations for that but yeah I had. I never came up with it, but it was some real deep shit hmm. when you when you like break it down and think about it. So something to think about, something to think about. But yeah, shout out to Toni Morrison, uh, definitely a black, um, one of those people in black history we don't talk about enough 
you know, we learn about uh, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, uh, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, but we don't talk enough about Angela Davis, Toni Morrison, you know, those people who actually really did uh, stuff that we don't we don't really acknowledge all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we don't really acknowledge them. We don't. I mean, there's a few reasons why they don't get the acknowledgement they deserve. You got these school systems that teach you, you know, history, quote-unquote, his, regular history, which is, uh, I'm not going to say white history per se, but it's history of America, which was... It's oppressive history. Majority oppressive history. I'll all say oppressive seeing, history. All you see in the history books is white men taking over shit. I'll really go out on a limb Look and say that history. Yeah. Look at Christopher Columbus. Have you ever they gone to a way. restaurant? Not to cut you off. Not to cut you off. Have you ever gone to a restaurant? I'm talking about whether it's Fogo de Chow. I'm talking about whether it's Ruth Chris. I'm talking about if it's a local mom and pop. You know, hole in the wall. Have you ever said, yo, I'm so starving. I'm going to go eat a turkey. No. You only order turkey during Thanksgiving. That's disgusting. And they be having like big ass turkey drops, fat ass turkeys everywhere. Just recipes to all them turkeys that be dying during Thanksgiving time, man. Why are y'all killing this dry ass bird? Dry ass bird, nasty ass bird. That bird dry as hell. That turkey. You slicing it, it's like you eating sand. You ever eat a sand chicken? That's what it tastes like. It's a sand sandwich. A sand sandwich. Turkey is, that's why it includes, that's why it includes condiments. That's why turkeys, think about it. How many people you seen eat turkey by itself? No, never. They have. But you always putting some gravy. weird shit on turkey. Yeah, why cranberry sauce? Why am I putting a pineapple on turkey? Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like the whole turkey wave. I feel like that has some type of racism in it, and we need to stop eating turkey. We need to stop eating turkey, man. Because like, I'm. You ever seen a turkey? I seen one. Why are you eating a bird that look like that? Does that look delect delectable to you? I mean, no animal looks delectable to me until I eat it. So, except for pork, I don't eat pork. You think pigs look good? Hmm. You you look. You think pigs look good? No, they're ugly. Pigs is the ugliest animal, and they're the most disgusting. They eat their own shit. They're very vicious. They eat bones too. You know what? Bones whole. You know what other animal eats its own shit? What? Gorillas. Mm hmm. Gorillas eat their own shit because they don't eat any type of meat products, so they just reuse the shit that they eat. Cause their shit is pure green. Shout out to gorillas, man. Shout out to gorillas. Can be the bear. Proven. Proven. But yeah, uh, there's a lot a of bear them. cannot beat a gorilla. I mean, a bear can beat a gorilla. Are we really? But doing this, this is for a different time. This is for a different topic. I'm gonna have somebody come on and just explain a professional animal specialist come on this podcast and explain how a bear can eat a gorilla's asshole. Wow. And that's a fact. Not kill it. Eat it. But eat it. It's facts. Gobble and it that's up. facts. It's the podcast and chill show episode 157, man. We're getting thicker and thicker by the episode. By the episode. By the episode. What episode will it be uh will be like stallion size? What 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 would your what episode would that be? When we get to 180, 190. Okay. This is crazy. Okay. 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 Yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of good things going on. Um, so let me ask you a question. Yeah, exit. Let me ask you a question. And this is, you know, we didn't we haven't talked about this. This is me just uh shooting this. This is random? Random. Real yeah. random. Do you think Dr. Umar Johnson Yeah at the end of 
you know, whatever he's doing will go down in a form of black history. Yeah. Tell me why. I mean, you put me on the spot here. I did. I don't even know why this is a topic. It's not. I don't even like the topic. This is conversation. But um, he'll go down as a meme first, and then people going to be like, yo, he was spitting some real shit, though. That's how I feel. I feel like he says a lot of real shit, but the memes overshadow the message that he's trying to send to the black people. Whether you like him or not, whether you agree with his message or not, he he does uh, have some valid points in what he says and everything. But the memes overshadow everything he does, so he'll always be looked at as, "Hey, that's a meme." When you see a, if you see a black person, right, you put Dr. Umar Johnson there, you was like, "Yo, who, who is that?" You're like, "Yo, that's the nigga from Twitter, the meme from Twitter." You're not gonna know, or the hotel from Twitter, but you're never know. You're not gonna know his message. I don't think people sit down and take the time to listen to what he really says. They just look at the funny memes and they repost it and use it as reactions. That's how I feel about the situation. That's how I feel about most celebrities these days. Their work is overshadowed from the perception they portray on social media, and you know, that's just how it is. So let me ask you this question then: If if you feel that way and you're so strongly feeling that way, why do you think? Why you bring that voice up? Keep going though. Why do you think <laughs> that? I'm, I'm getting real. I'm getting real into this because I, I just you just led me to okay to to a, to a breaking point here. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that people laugh before they congratulate? What is the reason behind that? What do you think? Why do people laugh? Before Why they do people laugh before they congratulate? I mean, that's a different topic because that situation, those two separate, uh, two uh, situations are different. They are different. But, but why my, do people laugh before they congratulate? Because you, I mean, because if look at, we're going to use examples of people who are geniuses that got laughed at. Okay, so you can start off one easy one. You got Jeff Bezos. He started off in the garage selling books. I'm pretty sure a lot of people laughed at the nigga like, yo, look at this bullhead ass nigga selling books and shit. Uh, Kendrick is never going to sell. And then he just blows <laughs> up, and yeah, and he just blows up. And now look at him. I mean, just like we always say frequently, we always we're repetitive when we say it. Nobody wants to build with you until they see a hammer, and that's a fact. Nobody wants to see the progress. Everybody wants to see the clapping hands, and that's when everybody wants to get on board with you. Has it going? Nobody sees the progress that you made or how uh, far have you came for that. So when it comes to that, bro, it's it's different strokes for different folks. So you can use that with everybody. Like nobody sees the vision. You're always called the madman until the product is finished and it's in their face. And I don't think that'll change. I don't think that will change I mean, simply I, because Yeah, I think it's gonna get worse with social media. Yeah, and it's simply because this, right? Let's take and again, this may be this may be far left, but let's just think about it. Let's look at like entertainers, right? Mm-hmm. Entertainers. For an example, entertainers are an easy topic because people can relate to entertainers. Why? Because you either laugh at them or you don't like them. Yeah. But one thing about them, they're in um, they're in society whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to use them as an example. People. You swaying back and forth. I know I am. I'm doing it on purpose. I'm getting my I'm getting my uh, my auntie in church vibe. Not good on. for the camera. Okay. So people, right? They'll see a person. Yeah. And they'll like for example, we'll take a we'll take a great one. Like DMX. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. But it wasn't always like that. No. Call him a crackhead, make jokes, 
you know, this, that, this, that, this, that. But as soon as he leaves this earth, he gets braced. Okay. Why? Well, look at this, though. But why? Maybe it's, did you ever think that it's who you're around or what is broadcasted in front of you? Because I'm pretty sure he was getting a lot of praise besides being called all those type of names. Okay. But it's just our age bracket, our generation is what we see. I'm pretty sure it's different subgroups out there okay. that was praising him before his death. Okay. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of DMX fans that wasn't making fun of him. Or like Chaz was. It's just what we were seeing. Oh, Chaz. Chaz with Bozeman was yeah. a great example. Yeah. Like people were slandering this man, not knowing what he was going, going through, through. Yeah. not knowing what he was going through. Like people, I remember when we, we first started doing this podcast, and this is before we even got to episode 100. Yeah. I was talking about something called an emotional backpack. Mm-hmm. If you look at me and you look at Duff. On the camera, you see two dudes with a podcast, with some books and some laptops. You have no idea what we're going through. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking to the people that are listening, that are watching. You have no idea what we're going through. But we all carry a backpack. So my thing is, you poke fun, you know, you make jokes, and you do this, and you do that. Like, do you not understand that during the pandemic, suicide rate has gone up over 42%? Do you not understand that? You know, and it's just like, look at how many people, you know... Wanna like revel into you know death? Like, oh my God, this guy was just a great soul. Coming from the same people that were making fun of him, and it's just like you keep the same energy, man. You know, if you're gonna make fun of him in life, make fun of him in death too. I know that may sound messed up, but it's like I mean, you don't really appreciate somebody until they're gone, or there you, you don't go. know what you lost until they're gone. There you go. So I disagree with you there to keep the same energy because you don't know. We all feel like that the where a lot of us don't realize death until death hits us in the face. A lot of us feel like we're going to be here for a very long time. You don't know when that's going to happen, so you can get your jokes off here or tomorrow. But when shit's get real, that's when you know pay your dues and respects. That's how I feel. About I disagree because I feel like that's fake. Like if you if you bullied me, if you bullied me, I can show you praise right now. But I can slander you. So I slander you every day. But and I and I show you praise in the same sentiment. When you're dead, I, why would I just slander you because you're dead? That that chapter of your life is over. Now so I do you think? You. Do you think that R. Kelly will be praised when he dies? Yes. Yes. In, in the midst of all of this yes. slander. Yes. You think he will He's be praised. praised right now? Yes. So this is this is all just a hypocritical showdown. That's man. all it is. You answered it yourself. It's all hypocritical, bro. I did. I'm not saying it's wrong or right. It's hypocritical. I know that for a hundred percent. That's no no brainer. That's no brainer. Mm. 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 Yes. Everything is hypocritical. That's how I feel about it. That's very different. Very different. That's very different. I mean, we're, I think we're all hypocrites. I think every one of us is a hypocrite in some type of way. Nobody is 100% objective. No matter how much you think yeah. you are, nobody is 100% objective. Yeah, everybody has a sort of bias. Yeah, you have to. That's what makes us individuals. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us individuals. You can't sit here and say that you 100% all the time think the right way, the most appropriate way, because if you don't know what the moral way is, how are you going to think morally? Exactly. Just saying. We're all born with a blank canvas. Our environments and uh, our structures around us and the people around us, they paint it. That's how I see man. That's how I see man and humanity as a whole. 
Okay. Where, oh, you all start off with a blank canvas, but everything around you paints it. Okay. So, so we were talking about, even though that went off on an extreme tangent, it was a good tangent. We were talking about Dr. Umar Johnson. And the reason why I brought him up is because last week, uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, not the, the famous Twitter account, no context, Dr. Umar, the real uh, Dr. Umar Johnson, went on The Breakfast Club. He's on there a lot, actually. He went on The Breakfast Club to speak his mind about the current uh, political climate and how the world looks right now. So he said a couple things. Uh, he said President Biden, you know, didn't care about African-Americans. Didn't care about African-Americans, especially in a time that was so um, sensitive as it is right now. Now, these are not my words. These are not my words. These are not my opinions. And this is not my feeling. But. Uh, Dr. Umar Johnson said that, and as we all know, disclaimer, your first 100 days in office as president are the most important, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Dr. Umar Johnson said that in the first 100 days of office, there has been a transgender bill, okay, to boost, obviously, you know, the rights of transgender Americans. There's also been an anti a COVID nineteen anti Asian hate crime bill to protect Asians. There has not been any bills to uh, with the African American community, again according to Dr. Umar Johnson, to uh, bolster you know our protection and our safety. You know, and he said there were numerous bills that, you know, that have not been passed about the Emmett Till lynching law, that lynching is still allowed in certain states to this day, according to, again, Dr. Umar Johnson. So his point was that he said that Joe Biden said, if you didn't, if you don't vote for me, then he you're not black. He did say that. He said, if you didn't vote for me, you're not black. He got on their interview and said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. Right, but it I'm getting... taken out of context or nothing. Right, but I'm getting to his point where it says that the black people that voted for him yeah. have seen no representation from the person that said that if you didn't vote for him, you're not black. Yeah. But the two most important bills that he's passed, besides all the COVID stuff, have been for Asians and transgenders. Yeah. So my question is, how do you feel about that? I mean, I've been saying, is it really... I mean, I agree with everything he said. So that's all really? I can say. Yes. Really? Yes. What has he done for black people? For you? What has he done for you? No president has done anything for me. Okay. In terms of African American, but we my, didn't get no representation. None. Uh, we were promised a lot of things in the first hundred days that we didn't receive. Nothing. I mean, I wasn't expecting it, but I know a lot of people were. Uh, if you want to see change, you change it yourself. Like I always say, I knew he wasn't going to do nothing. It's very it's racist to even say if you don't vote for me you're not black. That's racist. I feel like that was such and there's no way you can put there's no way that you can switch and be like, Oh, he that's been taken out of context. You can't take that out of context. And I've been saying that since he said it. And I said he wasn't gonna promise y'all nothing. And I've seen a lot of people um one uh orange guy back, which I've seen on social media, like, Oh, I regret having this guy in office. I mean, you were just following you were just following the sheep to the slaughterhouse. So it was happening. So how I feel about it, I mean, I agree with 100% what he said on that topic. I didn't feel I was represented uh, well enough. 
But I wasn't expecting it though, so it really didn't hurt me that much. Because these politicians are not my my Jesus Christ, and Good it's point. not my um, yeah, it's not who I represent. It's not who represents me. I know they're not gonna represent me, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, but that's pretty deep, man. I don't like talk about topics like that. Well, I do, but it's like it's real touchy. It's weekly too. Yeah, you know we want longevity. Yeah, it's fine though. Yeah, I just I just and thought it was, it was a good question about uh, him being taken as a joke. Yeah, because the message is there, but he just get looked at as a meme. So do you so, feel like it's right message, wrong person? Right message, wrong person. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, it's not the wrong person because we created the memes. We did. As a whole. Because our generation takes nothing yeah, serious. Exactly. Let's be honest here. Our generation takes so nothing it's not serious. The, it's not the wrong person. It's just that we created that monster of, of him being a meme. Like, the world can be burning outside and somebody's going to make I mean, a meme, meme before they die. Yeah, I will be doing it. I will be the one making that meme. Wow. I promise you that. My last tweet will be fired. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> But my thing is, man, that's why I asked you, will he be a part of black history? Because you got to think about cats like, you know, Al Sharpton and and things like that. Like, we still have these people around, right? Mm. But in our generation, who is the next individual that is, you know, we look to as, oh, this man, this man or this woman or... You know, this non-binary fellow is spearheading, like, black history. Nobody. Literally. I'm not looking for nobody. I'm not looking for nobody. I'm just saving myself at this point. I'm not really looking for a Martin Luther King. Because we don't, in this time, we don't really need nobody, if you think about it. Because um, I feel like we've progressed as a whole thus far. That we don't really need nobody fighting for our rights. We can fight within ourselves. So let me ask you this question. Yeah. If what you said was true, mm -hmm. that we don't need anyone fighting for our rights. Yeah. Then I'm why about a, a major political person, a figure. So who's going to do it? We don't need nobody. Who's going to do it? Us. We're supposed to, but we're not. We're not. That's where, that's where our downfall is. But when you uh, put somebody in power and you give that person that much power, that gives them like... Uh, of course, he'll want to go down as a martyr, but they'll put him on a, um, what am I thinking of, that dumbass word? Take make, your time. You make him seem like he's like Jesus, like I'm saying. Like, so, is it wrong to to have a leader? Right now, we don't need one. Okay. None of us need, we none of us really need a leader at all. Martin Luther King was necessary. Malcolm X was necessary. We were fighting for things that really matter. Right now, what are we fighting for? Good question. Good question. I mean, it depends on who you ask. It depends on who you ask, but it's all different subgroups. Because if you think you got, about it... You got people in the neighborhood. Oh, black on black crime is a major issue. You got people... Um, Black Lives Matter. Oh, my God. Police are killing black people. So it's different things that we need to tackle. And it's, that's why it's different groups for different situations. Back then, we were, um, as a whole, we were pigeon-held to things we can do. We couldn't even express our freedom. We couldn't express our voice. 
But now we can do all of that to an extent. But back then we were fighting against a major oppressive system. It's still oppressing in different ways, but it wasn't bad as it is now. We got more leeway. Okay. Okay. I like how you put that. I like how you put that. So my only objection, you know, to that is when you when you see I may have miss I may have uh, misspoke when mm-hmm. I said do we need a leader? Okay. Because the reason why I say I misspoke was because a leader in that concept would have to band everyone together. Exactly. Due to the fact that there are so many nuances and for what people want, we can't band everyone together. Mm-hmm. Because the reason exactly. why people want different justices. Yeah. And people and the and sometimes the people that want this are hindering the people that want that, and the exactly. people that you know will want this don't want to work with the people that want that mm-hmm. because it's all counterintuitive. Yeah, none of it works together. So that's my point. That's my point. We are going to be shouting. There's there's a thing. It's called the Wailing Wall. Okay. Right. For those of you who don't know, look it up. I'm not gonna. Go on a tangent like that. Go on a tangent. So the Wailing Wall is was back in the day is something that people would leave notes in. It's some people that would pray to, you know, things like that. But essentially, you're shouting at a wall. Okay. That was my point of saying that. You're shouting at a wall here. And the people are the ones shouting, and the wall is the objective. We are shouting at a wall because there are so many different people. They want so many different things, and the initiatives are getting stopped. Okay. Simply because... We don't have a clear objective as a as a full people yeah. of what we want. We're not fighting for one thing. We're fighting for multiple things. That's what, back then we were fighting for one thing. Because think about it like this, right? When mm-hmm. you're fighting for one thing, you get at, at back in the day, you would get small successes mm-hmm. that would eventually lead to a big gain, right? Yeah. Now there's so many different focus groups and things like that. The small wins don't even really amount to much. That was perfect that you put it that way. The small that's, wins that's don't even amount great. to much. Exactly. So, and that's why the people in power will give you a George Floyd. Yeah. Because, yeah. and and this is Here, something that's here's a small win for you, black people. Here you go, go away, shoo away. Out of the hundreds of thousands, black men yeah. and women, the thousands that have gone undocumented that have died, you get one win. You get one. Yeah. There's thousands of focus groups. I've been on committees. I've sat on places where, you know, you sit and you brainstorm things for hours. Mm-hmm. Right? For a small win. Small win. Because there's so many subsections. There's so many things that people want to fight for. And you always win the you win small battles, but yeah. the war has not been won. You don't believe me, go look outside. Things in your neighborhood are still boarded up. That's a question that people need to ask. It's subgroups, like you said, subsections. So what is the main war? What is it? We live in 2021 where you can become a millionaire on your phone in minutes. You can become. I think all these things were placed um, strategically. These little small wars. So, you know, let's distract them for something else. I feel like we're fighting an old battle. I don't feel like we're fighting anything right now. We're fighting an old battle. And what's the battle? So, 
and again, I don't, I don't really want to sound cliche here, you know, and people will disagree with me. And maybe one day, you know, when I run for office that will get ran back that I said this, but there will people that will be out there that will find this true. And that's why I'm not afraid to say it. We are fighting. We have been fighting for racial equality for 450 years. As a whole? As a whole. Are we fighting for that now? Yes. And this is my thing. Have you read The Art of War? Have any chance? Just let me, just let, can I just finish my point and then you can correct me? Okay. Okay. It's two seconds. We have been fighting a racial war mm-hmm. instead of fighting a financial one. We are fighting a racial war instead of fighting a financial one. If we know that the people in power are the plus 1%, so the less than 1%, the less than 1% does not care about racial equality. So why are you trying to get someone that doesn't care to care instead of impacting them economically? Impacting them economically, right? Because watch this. When you actually boycott something, the people in power respond. But there's such a division between low class and the middle class that there is no power yeah. to stop the, the 1%. There is no power. And that's the main divide. The main, the main missing link here is the middle class and the impoverished people because there's no connection between the poverty people feel like they can't connect to the middle class. Yeah. The middle class don't want to be associated with the po- yeah. with, with, with the people in poverty. And that's why things are met the way it is. Because when you have a total banded unit, and I don't mean to sound cliche here, but anything's possible. It is. Because what are what are poor people with no money? Just a voice. Yeah. But what are rich people powerful with no voice? Okay. So powerful. Yeah. So I was gonna powerful. get to that point. Go ahead. Um I was reading this book about uh black anarchy and how we can get come together for equality. And actually you made a very good point because it the book references that they say the only way so the way they tackle it, the the one percent, since there's so much in power. They create a separation between middle class and, um, I guess, lower class. So if they were to ever come together, they can actually defeat the one percent. If they, but that's why they always create separation, and that's why they create, um, they'll create a divide between, because um, once you divide something, you can destroy them because they're by themselves. Uh, okay. So you destroy. So what they do, right? You have middle-class black families, middle-class white families. They're not together. They're not unionized. You separate At all. those. You separate those two. But the only thing they can come together against is lower-class people. That's And that's when you create a divide as well. And you got lower-class people. They divide the blacks and the whites. That's where it all comes in. So once you continue to create a divide and no unity, then they'll continue to stay in power. So the only way, well, this is quoted from the book. The only way that you can destroy the 1% and get your money's worth is if they all come together. And it's not a racial thing more anymore. I feel like it's a financial thing. 
Okay, so let's think about it like this, right? Finance, um, finance and racism, uh, it's hand in hand now. Yeah, and you and you brought up a great point because now let's not let's not overlook it here. They are now more than ever a massive amount of wealthy African American people. Yeah, there are. But my question to you is this, Duff. Why is it? And again, I am not wealthy, so I am not in those circles, and I'm not gonna like fake it like I am. Why is it that these people don't band together to try and cripple the one percent? I mean, they create a separation for a reason. Uh. They want you to feel like a special when, just like you say, you're one paycheck away from being broke. Yes, everyone that's is. for the middle class. Yes. So they create, hey, you can afford more than lower class, so you should feel a certain type of status. But you're not as rich as the 1%. Because now you are no longer poor. Exactly. You know, so and, that, and that's my thing. Like, people care about the boat until you jump ship. Exactly. Right. If you're making, you know, barely ends me, you know, you're trying to do as much as you can to survive. But when you start making that money, it may not be as much as money as the one percent. But now you don't have to answer to some folks. Mm-hmm. Now there's people working under you. Now you could come and go as you please more so than you could. Things are a bit different. So do you still relate to the poor if you're not one of them? Do you? No. For the most part, no. And that's the sad part. Because you have people, a lot of our African-American individuals are success stories. So most of them come from poverty. But you don't really see. I mean, there's a lot of people that's middle class. There's a lot of people that's making six figures. But they don't get highlighted as much. Not at all. And I feel like that's strategic. So like it's an endless loop. You got the most people success stories. You say, yo, I was poor. I was broke. You don't see, they don't talk about the family, the black family that came from wealth and they passed down the money as a tradition. They, they don't only, talk about black trust fund babies because guess what? There are some. And they only talk about, exactly. There they are only some. They talk about rappers, XYZ, because they're trying to create a cycle of ignorance. That's how I feel. They don't talk about motherfuckers that's becoming doctors. Nope. They don't talk about motherfuckers that was coming becoming scientists. Nope. Those who need to be highlighted the most nope. that take care of black people. We need to have black doctors take care of black people. Black scientists teaching us about black uh, everything that's going on in the environment. Because the only thing that black people know is black people. We only know each other. We can't. Come on. A white man can't teach me about how to be black. Can't. Joe Biden said, what did he say? He said, if you don't vote for me, you're not black. black. Exactly. You've never been in a black man's shoes. Obama can't even say that shit. You don't even know what it takes to be black, Joe Biden. You don't. Your son's on crack. But anyways. Wow. But anyways, wow. yeah. So we need more black doctors. It is black doctors out there, black mm-hmm. therapists. They on they understand black pain. pain and and let me tell you something. All skin folk, all skin folk ain't kin folk though. Y'all need to understand. That's that. very true. But That's you need to get true. somebody that understands. There's a black doctor out there that understands your pain that comes from where you come from. You just gotta find them. Not to go off on a, on a tangent or a sidebar, but if any of you out there are struggling with mental health, and you know, because I, I at one point when I was in high school. You know, a little bit of my personal life, and I don't mind sharing that I had to seek for a therapist due to I was dealing with the very, very saddened grief and I couldn't get over it and it was starting to affect my behavior. 
and they shoved me in front of a of a you know psychiatrist that had had no idea who I was, had no idea what I like. And the lady, the first thing the lady asked me before anything, do you want to kill yourself? I got up and walked out. I mean, I got up and walked out because none none of my behavior. I was upset. I never wanted to kill myself. Number one and number two is for the reason why I'm making this statement is because there is a website, and the website you can look it up if you Google like African American psychologists and psychiatrists. There are listings like at least a hundred page deep. Exact website? Yeah, sure. I'll find it right now because I was on it. Hold on, give me one second. Go ahead, Duff. Okay, I'm going off on something else. I don't really be caring. Um, yeah, I've been chilling, man. You know what I mean? We just need black people to be out here, man. I got the Henny on the side. It's, it's been a good day. I got my vehicle. You know, I feel accomplished. I'm just shit-talking right now. I learned how to edit the podcast recently, so it's up. Huh? <laughs> It's the podcast and chill show. Uh, we got the luxury to talk about anything we want. Okay, so what you do is this, right? What I want y'all to do is I want you to Google African American psychologists and psychiatrists, and it should go on psychologytoday.com, right? And you go to psychologists, and you should have a tab for the for the, you know. It, this may sound a little weird, but it'll say African American home. The state you live in, black and African-American. Everybody I'm looking at right now is an African-American behavioral health, you know, science, you know, uh, child psychology, child psychiatry, you know, health. And and these people help you. If you want a female, they have black female therapists, you know, like and this. And these are things that woman. It says black female therapist dot com. Shaking my head. I, I didn't I didn't I didn't make the website. Anyways, I love black women. So I love black women the, too. So to all the black women that's listening to this podcast. If you're a black woman and you listen to this podcast, please leave a rating review. Make sure you subscribe uh, and follow us. Tell us what you hate about the podcast. And, and by the way, there's a website called therapyforblackmen.org. That's a real thing. If you need that, go check it out, brothers. If you need some help, and that's the thing. Is that a black man as a cover? Yes. That black man has a silk, a slick back. Keep going though. But anyway, he doesn't even have like. He That's probably, terrible. He has too much grease in his hair. It's a lot of grease. A lot of grease in his hair. I'm going grease. to crop this and I'm going to put this on the side. <laughs> okay. This man has too much grease. A lot of grease. To be, I don't. If he's a therapist, I don't want him. I feel like his name is Reginald. No, it's not Reginald. What you think it is? Like Vance. Vance. Yeah. Vance. Because I've never seen a black man with a slick back like that, unless it was like the fucking fifties. Looking very, like he's about to sing Fruity Tootie. That's a very slick back. Yeah. It's a very he's slick nasty. back. He's nasty. Very nasty. But, um, yeah, and I've said this on multiple occasions. Stop running social media with your problem. Go seek a therapist. I don't know why in our in our households we were not told to go to a therapist. I don't know why. Go seek help. I mean, you, it's not a tradition. That's why, bro. I don't know. I told you these things, tradition is passed down. A lot of people don't want to break tradition because they felt like the methods they've been doing for the longest time has been right. Even if it's not right, they feel like it is right. You're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna break tradition if you've been doing something every single day. Look at SpongeBob SquarePants. The nigga put on the same pair of pants and tie every day and failed boarding school a billion and, times. Yeah, so why does he keep doing it when he can just work somewhere else? 
You know what I mean? That was a good. That was a good fucking thing. Gosh. Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? Are you feeling it exactly? Are you feeling it now, Mr. Krabs? Wear the same pants every day. So what I'm saying, you don't wear the same pants every day. But that's tradition. That's what tradition is. Black traditions are very toxic, but we love black traditions. I love black traditions, even though they're toxic. But that's what we're used to. Like, why is my why am I calling my uncle, who's not my uncle, who's actually my cousin, uncle? That doesn't make sense. Why am I calling my mom's best friend aunt? I mean, that's different. That is different. But still, like, it's weird. It's weird to me. I don't know. I don't think anybody else does that. Hmm. You think other races do that? No, they don't. They be calling each other me mom and shit. Like, me mom. I know white people, they be eating, like, dry food for fucking Thanksgiving. All right, anyway. um, So, yeah, so this is the part of the podcast where, you know, we, we talked about it last episode. We are going to do call-ins with the podcast. And we do have a couple of individuals that want to do... That we that want to do call in so later on in the episode we will discuss that. Just give it a, like a little mid roll disclaimer, but go ahead. I don't got nothing else to say. I'm gonna just shit talk for the rest of the podcast. It's a podcast and show show, man. Episode one fifty six seven. One fifty seven. One fifty seven. Go listen episode to one fifty six. No, that was called the return. Episode X, the return. No, it's just episode one fifty six to return. Okay, one fifty six to return. It. Hashtag episode one fifty six to return. We're gonna be start dropping videos and content soon. You know what I mean? We're gonna we coming back strong this year, man. I I made promises. I talked to a lot of nice people that want to come on the podcast, get interviewed. If you want to come on the podcast and interview, hit us up on the email at podchillbiz at gmail dot com. I will not be responding. I'm just letting you know that now. Then don't try to hit me in my DMs saying that you sent me the email. I seen the email. I'm not gonna respond to it. Makes me do all the work. Exactly. So I do all the work. Definitely don't hit me up in the DMs because I get a lot of DMs, unfortunately, and I don't see a lot of DMs because my DMs are all crowded with a lot of things I post. Uh, that's all I gotta say about that. But yeah, expect a lot of nice guests coming on. We got we got a lot of content coming soon. I gotta say. It's the podcast and show show man episode one fifty seven. We getting thicker by the second. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, episode three of the our very own ordinary answers cartoon is coming very very soon. This was gonna turn a lot of heads. I put a lot of time into this episode. Uh, it took me about around three to four weeks to write, so uh, it's it's very good. After that, I'm almost finished episode four, so we're doing the voiceovers for episode three really soon. Uh, and, uh, oh, yeah, Flu Blog is slowly but surely coming soon. You know, the podcast show show is a three-headed monster. You know, we have, we give you podcast content. We have a cartoon and a food blog coming soon. So check that out. Uh, there will be a special guest on episode three. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but just know he's very, very stinky. That'll be the, that'll be the, um, that'll be the, uh, what is the word? The hint. Man. He's very, very stinky. You can almost flush them. But anyway, yeah, man, it's a podcast and chill show, episode 157. We are doing call-ins on this episode, so we will uh, be back with some guests. Everybody want to be a nigga until it's time to be a nigga. That's all I got to say. First time ever, call-ins. Let's see how this goes, y'all. I'm your boy. One half of the podcast and chill show from now until the day we die. Vanessa Valley. Follow me at Bear on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Um, Pornhub, uh, 
Spank Bang, Red Tube, X and XX. Anywhere you can find me, actually. This Only man fans. is horny. Uh, that's all I got to say, man. Hit me up. Send me your funniest meme that you've seen today. Ladies, hit me up. That's all I got to say. All right, we about to play the calls right now. We 40 second, 47 minutes in. We about to play them call-ins right now. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Listen, man, it's your boy Vanessa Velli and Duff No Beer. We are here on the podcast and chill show. You know, you are you are our platinum patron, so we wanted to make sure that, you know, you were able to get the first call in, man. We appreciate we appreciate all the dedication that you have been on on our hiatus and everything, man. So we just wanted to say thank you from the bottom of our heart and the bottom of our pocket. We do love you. You guys, you guys definitely uh, made some content worth worth uh, supporting. So more than happy to. I'm still like can't believe how we like met each other in that situation. And you, then, you know, it turns out you, you had this like freaking awesome podcast. So I'm happy to support you guys. Yo, do you want to tell the people how we met? What you mean talking about like how I was just trying to get my coffee and go about my day? And, you know, I had a bunch of shit to do, and I just saw some like damsel in distress, meaning yeah. you. <laughs> Call me a snowflake. Yeah, I wouldn't drive a bum ass Jeep. I'm no no disrespect to the Jeep driver, but I'm not I wouldn't drive a Jeep. No disrespect to the Jeep Jeep driver, just the purchaser of the Jeep, you know? The yeah, problem, a, the problem yeah. car. A very, a very fucking horrible wheel. But listen, Kane, I wanted to talk to you, brother. I wanted to see, you know, how you're doing. And, you know, I asked you what you wanted to talk about. You gave me a bunch of good things. So if you don't mind, Kane, again, this is this is not live. You know, yeah, okay. just wanted to let you know this is not live. But I wanted to just ask you a couple of questions. I'm going to ask you a question. You know, Duff's going to ask you a question. You know, we're going to take a couple shots. We're going to have a couple good old, a good old time. We're going to clap it up for Kane real quick. Clap it up for Kane real quick, man. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. <laughs> Yeah, you are the first ever caller, episode 157. Oh, I see. I'm pretty on that. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for the honor. No problem, no problem. So my question for you is, Kane, my question uh, in particular, and you can answer at your leisure, is, you know, with all of this stuff going on, you know, in the world, right, as, a, as an individual, you know, I'm not going to say anything, as a majority individual, you know, does it make you feel a bit uneasy with all the things that are going on in the world today? And you're he white. He meant white. I don't know why he's just saying he tries to. No, he's trying to see political correct as a white man in America. How do you feel? That's what he's trying to say. I don't know why he's just trying to sugarcoat everything. Yeah. So I think like, how do I feel right now? I mean, like it's 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 definitely a a like a. I don't even know to say weird thing, but it's just like you know you think more about it now. Like I grew up. I know I grew up. Let's be. I mean, I, I have a background. I mean, I have a master's degree in, in, in counseling, right? So I'm a counselor and the So I'm like, you know, I grew up and before I entered, like, you, you didn't think about it. You didn't think about it at all. And you know, through your like education, life experience, at least my education, life experience, and something I had at least an opportunity to like be woken up to like years ago. And, you know, there there's there's a huge difference in the lived experience of white Americans, especially white male Americans, and black. Americans, especially black males in America, there's a huge difference there without, without question. You know, I think like for me, my experience is just like, I, I think I, I became aware of it a little bit ago before everything, you know, all this, it, it got a lot more, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like, uh, contentious, you know, 
um, in America right now. So I think for me, I'm kind of glad in some ways that, you know, it's being brought, brought to the surface because there's no, there's no question about the differences, you know? So, I mean, I could, I could, expand on that a little bit more if you guys want go ahead you got the floor kane we're not saying so, nothing yeah, this is so, all you i'm sure somebody out there has terms for the stuff i'm talking about but i'm just going to talk about my perspective you know i think you know i am not uh, i'm not a fan of seeing society being like re- like like racialized to the degree it is because i create i think it creates like a like like a division of the people of america and, you know, divided people are easily conquered people. I know you have talked about that before. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to, which I'm just going to plug it real quick. Dangerous History Podcast, um, Divide and Rule episode, amazing. Um, like, it's, it's, you know, the division is intentional. Um, but I think, so anyway, so there's a real, there, um, society's being racialized again. Um, but I also don't think that you can live in a world where you're just going around like colorblind. Because there are actual differences between the like i was saying earlier the lived experiences of a white male in america and the lived experience of a black man in america without question you know um so like being aware of that is is like a huge step forward and i think like forever like if you play a role in that and um like as a white person and like i think it is somewhat your responsibility to like call it out when you see it you know 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, I 100% agree. Well, that's my question, uh, Duff Beer. Do you have a question for my man, Mr. Kane? I was going to ask you no politics question. I was going to ask how you doing today. That's all I was asking. I ain't talked yeah, talk to you on the phone before, so this is the first time. We talk a lot on Instagram. Yeah, I know. You keep, like, sliding my DMs all the time. All right, this guy, this guy, this guy. It's, like, it's, it's definitely mutual. <laughs> the, it, come get dinner and fill me and stuff. I was like, you know, you want to go? He's like, no, nah, he just wants to take me out. Don't make me seem like a thad. I'm, it's the mu- oh, yeah. It's definitely mutual. The interest is definitely mutual. I'll tell you that. Don't lie to these people now. Like I'm, like you're hiding me from the world or something. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to hide. I'm not trying to hide it. This is cold. I'm just, you know, cold speed to speed. Yeah, cold speed to speed. Man, you know. Sometimes you like what you see. Yeah, well, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? That's all I had to say. You can go back. I just had to say so. Listen, Kane, I want to let you know something. You are the first ever, the first ever caller into the podcast and chill show. Our very first patron, patron number one, my man Kane over here doing the damn thing, has a master's. Come check him. You know, pay my man his money. You will be on episode 157. Do you have anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, no, nah, man. I mean, I just like, uh, I just want to appreciate you guys giving me a call. Respect. Uh, definitely, definitely an honor. Um, you know, anytime you want to, you know, to, to uh, have an opinion uh, or have your mind opinion on anything, I'm happy to share it. I mean, I'm full of shit half the time. I like to rant about dumb shit, but. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to add it. Thank you for the opportunity. No problem, brother. No problem. Well, listen, man, if you ever need us, we are here. It's the podcast and show show. I'm your boy, Vanessa Belli, alongside Duff No